What's up, everyone? Chris Manning here. Evan Damrell's with me. It's Locked On Cavs Podcast, your daily look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Today, it's a Larry Nance Jr.-focused episode. We're going to talk about the trade revisited. We're going to talk about Wednesday's Blazers game um, and and so maybe a favorite Larry moment or two from his time with the Cavs. Then at the end of the show, Mike Richmond from Locked On Blazers comes through to talk about what, what Larry has been like for Portland so far and why it's been kind of a, a weird start for Larry um, as he, you know, goes to a new team and and plays in the kind of environment he seemingly wanted to. But that's all coming up to Dan Lockdown Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Uh, remember, we're free and available on all platforms. And this episode of Lockdown Cavs is brought to you by McDonald's, which has been serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get affordable food. It's an unofficial community center a big thank you to mcdonald's for always being there and evan gotta say i'm loving it you are locked on calves your daily cleveland cavaliers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Evan, Larry Nance Jr. makes his return to Cleveland um, as a member of the Portland Trailblazers Wednesday night, mm-hmm. his first game back. Uh, before we we'll, – we'll talk – Where do, well, I'm going to let you pick. Dealer's choice, Evan's choice here. It's Finnegan's birthday after all. we got to celebrate our our, our uh, four-pod king, who you made a kick for. Mm-hmm. What a king. Respect to my king, Finnegan. Um, I know he's a real rascal, but he's he's a mensch. That's, that's my guy. Stop patronizing him. Mr. What? I would never have a cat. Look, I'm not a cat person, but I I respect the cat. Neither was I. The full Finnegan origin story for the first two weeks, I didn't know if I wanted him. I would like oh wake boy. up in the middle of the night because, okay, he was literally smaller than my hand, and I thought I was going to break him when I touched yeah, him. It'll happen. And then just one day it clicked. I'm like, you know what, man? We're thick as thieves. Now he's my homie. Every time I walk around, yeah. I'm like, what's up, handsome? What's up, little man? Yeah, I made him a cake for his birthday, and I'm looking at it right now. The little shit had like three bites and then went to bed, and he's been sleeping all day. And I got him several toys and a cat perch, which he broke. Um, then we had to do a wow. weight check this evening. He was 18 pounds, ladies and gents, little, at a year old. A little, so. little, little thick with the two C's, eh, Finnegan? Yeah, according to the doctor's weight charts, that means he's on track to be about 25 pounds when he's fully grown. So I'm going to have a sedan for a cat soon. I'll ride him to Cavs games like a <laughs> nice, like nice an Appa or something. Yeah, got, got a nice like, t- oh, oh, good. That's a good pull. Finnegan, very good pull. Yeah. Very, so. very good pull. We're off to a wonderful start. Um, Evan, where do you want to but start? Dealer's you want, choice. Yeah, where uh, do you want to start let's with the talk trade? About- do you want to talk let's, about his return? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Let's talk about his return because I can tease that okay. we're, we're pushing this on f- Wednesday morning-ish. Mm-hmm. So I'll be putting out a story. I had an exclusive with Larry and some of the local businesses he impacted. So the trade itself, uh, we you and I kind of heard murmurs for a while that the Cavs were trying to make moves to upgrade. Uh, and then you look at their available assets. Like Kevin Love was not a tradable asset. But like Larry Nance Jr. is a name that always – people circle back to and a lot of people who cover cover other teams who are personalities that are fans of other teams i know like cigar trika who had him on the show once he reached out to me saying like hey what would it take to get larry nance jr in portland and i'm like honestly it depends on how much the Cavs are willing to take for him because that's the thing and like 
for the longest time, teams like Phoenix, teams like Denver, teams even like Brooklyn, or even the Lakers and the Clippers too, were all interested in acquiring Larry Nance because, and you'll talk about this Mike later on, like how he's just been struggling with Portland right now. But like Larry theoretically makes a ton of sense on a lot of teams because he's a jack of all trades, masters of master of none. But it kind of depends on the situation and what you ask him to do. So the trade itself kind of caught me off guard. I don't know. I was just I wasn't expecting it. Um, I do wonder where this Cavs team would be at right now if they kept Larry and didn't acquire Lowry. I wonder how the spacing would like, do you think JB would start Larry next to Mobley and Allen, or do you think he'd stick with a Coro in that situation? There's a lot of there's there's a butterfly effect for sure of what would happen if the Cavs didn't trade him. But Chris, uh, what was your initial reaction to this trade? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if we go back, it was a little bit surprising. I, I found myself in the last couple of days really just thinking about um, I, I've really thought about how it's interesting to me that like you could see him fitting into this team like pretty well and, and sort of the identity that carved out if he was kind of willing to. But we obviously know he said publicly in the letter he penned through Cleveland.com that, you know, he wanted to get traded and go play more competitive basketball and. Just, and that's what obviously happened. I also have been thinking about the the other you know possibilities. Like I remember spitting spitballing trade ideas with people about the Suns, and this was like you know Brennan Clean, but like people that that work in the league and being they'd be like, well, like Phoenix might offer like a first, and then like try to offer like Jalen Smith as like their second first, and it's like good good goodness they didn't do that because it'd be a bad first and a guy that you know didn't get his option picked up and is going to be a free agent after being a lottery pick. Well, so like, would it be a bad first with how Phoenix's season's going so far? I think they'll probably be fine. Like, I know. And, and like, they, you know, they, 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 uh, gobsmacked the Cavs the other night. I said, shouldn't talk too much crap. Yeah. They, I, I trust Paul and book and, and they'll figure it out. But like, it's not, I, I think the trade ultimately, like if you got to get, if, even if you could see how Larry would fit, and even if you could see how that sort of worked, I think that's cool. I, I think it will be cool to see how he's received, um, upon. I, I, it's like, it's funny because like he never, he didn't spend like, as much of time as you would sort of think it just like the last couple of years just felt so long due to the world, due to like the transition out of the LeBron era. Like he was on one, like a good Cavs team and like the worst one of the second LeBron era, no question about it. Mm-hmm. Like, and then is on some bad teams for a couple of years. And he's like one of the bright spots, you know, he does the really good work as you're going to, you know, you talked to him about it. I've, I've talked to him about it before. Like he's done really good work in the community and it means something to him. And that really endeared him to the population. And there's people within the Cavs organization that um, if you talk to him about it, he goes out of his way to like really praise a lot of people within the organization, including a friend of the pod, Jimmy Longo, who like was one of the people taking photos of him before games, like the, mm-hmm. to make sure he could get that imaging out. Like it was a, a whole process that was, um, you know, not just him, but he obviously, he was the, the, the face of it. It's it's just interesting that like the like I could see a world where he's like a better fit for this team in some ways than Markkinen, even though Markkinen's the better shooter, and you could see him maybe playing the three with Mobley and stuff, and how many arms and stuff that that group would kind of be. But at the same time, like I think if you if he's a guy that wanted to go, and you got a guy who like wanted to get a chance to rehab himself in a new place in Larry Markkinen, who's a little younger and everything, like I, I get how we get here. It's too early to say like who won or who lost. Um, Oh yeah, there's but no it, clear yeah, it, yeah, it's probably one, it doesn't go that way. But I, I, it's just kind of funny that it's just like I don't think I feel differently, but I've just been thinking about like how Nance being flipped for something was something we talked about a lot and the possibility of it quite a bit, and that ended up being like Lowry Market in in that was just kind of interesting. Yeah, it really was, and I also go back to the fact that Larry Larry Nance keeps 
mix his name with Larry there. Larry Nance would make a lot of sense in Chicago, but I think it's interesting. You're going to talk about this again with Mike teasing the segment again, like how he's looked in Portland so far. I've been quietly watching from afar because I've always just been a fan of Larry Nance as a person, and I enjoy watching him as a player too. When he's really clicking and he's in a winning situation, I think he is very good, and I think some of the things he unlocked in Cleveland made him even better in terms of playmaking, defense, shooting. Like I said, jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Like That's not an insult. He's a very valuable commodity in today's NBA in terms of what he brings to the table. Like there's a reason why Zach Lowe initially reported then you and I kind of heard rumors of it too and murmurs of it. Like a lot of contending teams were constantly reaching out to Cleveland to ask if Larry Nance Jr. was available. And the Cavs just kind of definitively said no. And their hand was more or less forced when they uh Larry just approached them and said, Hey, I want to be traded and play for a team, play some meaningful basketball. Um I'm I'm interested to see, like you said, there's no clear winner or loser right now. Like it's a three-team deal. See, so you have to look at how Chicago's doing, too. And I guess Chicago's making out gangbusters right now because they're one of the best teams in the East. And I guess those two picks they got are in cash are the best things. they've. They're, they're the clear biggest winners, winners of the trade, if you want to look at it that way. But it, it, I'm interested to see where this goes. I think this is beneficial for both. Like you said, I do think about, too, the defensive upside between Nance, Okoro, Mobley, and Allen, like just those four together, like that's so good defensively. And then like I think about how the Cavs run that play where like Sexton or Garland initiates from the top of the perimeter and they throw it to Mobley at the elbow and then they have a cutter along the baseline, whether it's Sexton or Okoro or even Allen sometimes. Like Nance would be perfect in that role too, like operating with Mobley in that sense and like kind of like unlocking his playmaking a little bit. Um, it's interesting. Um, I'll tease this in the story a little bit too. Larry really talks about how he wants to retire in Cleveland and he was kind of vague on purpose. I think where he said, yeah, I want to retire in Cleveland. So I don't know if that means when he retires, he'll live in Cleveland or when he retires, he'll be back in Cleveland playing. So the former would seem to be easier lot. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but it also wouldn't surprise me. If LeBron James ends up retiring a Laker, but Larry Nance Jr. comes back to the Cavs and has like a goodbye tour, like the Channing Frye goodbye tour, where he doesn't play at all. And then the last game of the season, he puts up like 10 and 10, and like Colin Sexton's great nephew finally cracks 10 assists at that point. And then we all go home happy against the Hornets. So, and a loss nonetheless. And Larry drinks his IPA in the locker room and gets kind of drunk. So, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it has to be tolerant to his Crohn's disease, of course. Yeah, but, but Evan, it's it's all good stuff, and you know, it's all love between Larry and the Cavs. But you know what else I love, Chris? McDonald's today's sponsor, McDonald's. Yeah, which is you know, like I said, this episode of Locked On Cavs is brought to you by McDonald's, who have been proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. And it's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip for you to rest your legs and refuel. I also personally love McDonald's, much like Cleveland's own Kid Cudi does, because in the song, Wasting My Minutes, she says, I say what's up, she says the sky. I say what's good, she says McDonald's apple pie and... I don't know if you guys are diehard Cuddy fans, but his perfect order for McDonald's is two cheeseburgers, an apple pie, and a large Coke. None of that ice, though, because he ain't got time for that. So if you want to refill, reconnect, have two apple pies and two cheese, 
cheeseburgers like Kid Cudi, come on down to your local McDonald's. Did somebody say a locked on Cavs watch party? Um, Chris Manning's loving it. Sure. It would go good to that uh, McDonald's could go good with a certain grape something. Um, if you know, you know. But anyway, Evan, um, let's move on to the game. Uh, well, real quick, I'm going to ask you, Larry Nance Jr., over, under, uh, how long is the tribute video? I'm going to say the over, set the over, under at, uh, at, at 45 seconds. Well, it's the full, the full length of a timeout's 90 seconds. Like a full yeah, timeout. Yeah, but like, is it pre, like, I, yeah, I don't know. But like, it's not probably going to be the full timeout. I'm saying, do you think it's going to be like a quick one, a long one? Like, I say 45 to 50 seconds with okay. 20 to 30 seconds fit in for the appearance on the Humongotron with a standing ovation for the raucous crowd on a Wednesday night Cavs game. Yes. Uh, the other thing that I will hmm, uh, ask is, do you have a favorite Nance moment? Uh, we'll do this quick because we'll talk about the game. We know this game's going to be a little weird, but um, for you, is yeah, there it's a... easy. It's the... Mason Plumley, Patrick Starr dunk, or Miles Plumley, whichever Plumley it was. The <laughs> oh, the, th- the thing that I still don't understand how that that I still don't made. either. I want to know so what Hero made lead, that. Lead, 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 when he runs away. Yeah. I, I bet you it's like a, a a former editor of the Clutch Points graphic team probably who just Judah, had a fun dude. night. It's probably Judah. <laughs> Judah's just a wait. Our, Played our friend Judah, the one, yeah, the regular, just, yeah, the regular yeah, it's, that's actually, Judah. it's actually Judah. We just, you know, we just didn't know he was a meme lord. He just, you know, creeping in the internet. Um, mine, mine is, I think, honestly, the most fun game he ever played with the Cavs is probably that first game in Boston. And it wasn't even like a he did a lot in that game kind of thing. It was just like the vibe on that one was cool because I just remember those well, couple, the vibe was super cool because like, they were in paul pierce's jersey he, yeah but i just i remember watching the videos of him coming to into the tunnel in atlanta because if you're, you're, everyone remembers they they flew to atlanta those guys clarkson and those guys met them in atlanta they couldn't play yet because they had to do physicals and stuff but there's a video that the calf social team put out of larry like walking through the hallway and dapping someone up and being just like very clearly excited that he was about to be suiting up for the cleveland cavaliers and the Cavs played like seven or eight guys in that game and i think they won and then yeah, they the, won on February 9th, my birthday. I watched that at a hilarities in downtown Cleveland. Wow. And then they went to Boston and then they beat the crap out of Celtics on Paul Jersey's Jersey retirement night. And that they were just like extremely fun. And that was like among the apexes of, of that calf season. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. And I think there's like a bunch of dunks and stuff. I think him going to the dunk con- contest that year was cool. I, I think the pet, the dunk, I, any kind of just yammed on someone. It was pretty cool, but I think that first game might mm-hmm. be the actual apex of the Nintz here because that was like the, the best team he played on and, and maybe the high point of that, that team in, in some regards, but Evan, uh, let's look at this game. Isaac Okoro, according to the latest injury report is out for a fifth straight game with a hamstring injury. Kevin Love, obviously out as health and safety protocols continue. Uh, so, I mean, I guess like, do you, what, if you, if you, if you were able to look at JB Bickerstaff and say, Hey, this is a tweak I would make based on how things went in Charlotte. Was there any tweaks that you would make to the rotation to the good want to see play anything you would want to kind of maybe see as an adjustment coming off of Monday? Well, they certainly let LaMelo ball and Terry Rozier be bombs away from three in the second half. I necessarily wouldn't want to tempt the devil when it comes to Damian Lillard and even CJ McCollum at that point. So Maybe shore up their perimeter defense a little bit. It's certainly going to be a lot harder with Isaac Okoro out. Maybe you see some more Lamar Stevens minutes. And hell, maybe even Dylan Winler, if he's in shape, cracks some minutes too because he's a big enough body. But um, 
Yeah, other than that, maybe tell Evan Mobley not to get posterized um, by Larry Nance. I know Larry's probably disappointed because he can't yam it on Kevin because Kevin's out for health and safety reasons. But um, yeah, other than that, just kind of not let Dame and CJ get bombs away from three because Dame has really struggled up to this point in terms of shooting. You don't want him to kind of find his niche against the Cavs, like let it happen against their next opponent. So yeah, man. Um, other than that, I feel like this game is kind of winnable for the Cavs. Mm-hmm. I really do in my heart of hearts. Like Justin Rowan in front of me of the program, and we might be going on the chase down soon, folks, so get used to our ugly mugs on there. Um, he pointed out today that on that West Coast road trip, more or less opponents were shooting a league average in terms of three-point shooting. Like They weren't having career-best numbers against the Cavs, which is encouraging to say the least because they're playing like pretty good teams to start the season. Uh, Portland's not as good as those teams i'd say but they're not bad necessarily because they have damian lillard on their roster but i think that's encouraging that the Cavs are playing competent enough defense and i hope they continue this trend against portland yeah i i think that's good i think for me it's just like um i i would like to just see the rotation go beyond eight guys and functionally seven guys right like i understand that if jb is like you know the lamar stevens weekend wasn't great play play dylan windler like I think I understand if you're saying, okay, here's the guys that I trust right now. I need to play them. This, this to me is a situation where I think you got to try to play some of your other guys. I think you got to not play Evan Mobley like 40 minutes a night this early in his career. I don't think that's, that's exactly like optimal. I think you want to like play the long game here. So with a pretty young team, um, and I just frankly, I think it would be good for Dylan. I think it would be good even for Lamar. I think it would be good for all these guys that you need to figure stuff out about this season to play. And I, I just kind of think it would be useful IMO to like do that and not just basically play uh-huh. like seven guys and and play really, really heavy minutes. Like just let's let's space this out a little better just to see what we can get from other guys. That to me is I just want to see if JB does adjust at all coming out of uh, Monday's game, which they won. And they're coming off this long road trip. It's they've certainly been traveling around a lot. They're gonna they don't have like a multiple days off until uh after Monday, they get a couple of days off after or after Sunday when they play in New York, they get a couple of days off. But this is the team that just went on a five game road trip. They're home for one night only. And then they play Friday on the road and they play Sunday on the road. So like they've had a long stretch here where it's a lot of grind on the body. They've played some close competitive games. They've played some back to backs. Like I think just play more guys just for the sake of like keeping your team a little fresher as we go. And just as a note uh, for the year, Portland, according to Cleaning the Glass, 13th in net rating um, as of Tuesday night at around 9 p.m., 5th in offensive rating, 27th in defensive rating. Um, and, mm-hmm. or excuse me, excuse me, 5th in defense, 25th in, in, fifth in offense, 25th in defense, um, a point differential of plus 1.7 per 100 possession. But they're 3 and 4 on the year. Uh, that's a 45 win pace. And in win differential versus like what they you expect them to be at that number versus what they are, they're, they're 27th in the league in expected, uh, in expected win. So that's where they are. We'll see if and, and if the, the thing that could change this game is just if Dame Lillard is Dame Lillard, then like this game's tone takes – like if this is the Dame breakout game, which Mike will talk about after the break. Uh, we'll be fun time. But again, after the break, Mike Richmond. Yeah, real One quick. One question. We're, yeah, we're on. Um, do you think if the Cavs lose, do you think Colin Sexton's dad will post an 11-minute video on Instagram showing his lack of touches every game? Hope not. Anyway, uh, after the break, Mike Richmond <laughs> uh, from Lock and Blazers will be joining me, and Evan and I will be back uh, Wednesday 
after the game. Uh, we'll, we'll have a nice pot up. But first, got to tell everyone about our friends at Bill Bar. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar onto the market. Look, Evan, I love Thanksgiving. We got some new copy here. All of the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Bill Bars. It's the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. Look, one slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most built bars are only 130 calories and only have four grams of sugars with plenty of protein. So replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're a great option for when you're hungry. So go for a built bar or go for two and share some at your family gathering. It'll make things less awkward. Maybe your aunt Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built bar yet, and now she can try one. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly. So check the site often. And look, there's nothing like Built Bar Black Friday out there. So mark that calendar because Black Friday is going to be a huge event for Built Bar with all sorts of new surprises. Go to Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 50% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And got to tell you about our friends at Online, and they're back then better than ever. They have a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason action, the World Series could be over soon though, NHL, boxing, UFC, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Remember, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's bet online, and that's where the game starts. Okay, up next, Mike Richmond, Lockdown Blazers, talking about Larry Nance's fit in Portland so far. And again, Evan and I will be back after Cavs Blazers, diving into that game and all that it entails. All right, last segment of this Wednesday episode of Lockdown Cavs, joined by the past first point guard of the Lockdown Network. It's Mike Richmond, the host of Lockdown Blazers. Mike, what's up, buddy? Oh, living the dream. You already know, watching a bunch of score first point guards try to morph into my role as past first point guards out here in Portland, man. Yeah, so Larry Nance Jr. obviously makes his return to Cleveland on Wednesday, the one time he'll play in Cleveland this year. What has the Larry Nance Jr. experience been so far? Uh, I mean, the number one word is limited. Uh, we just haven't seen a bunch of Larry Nance. Uh, he's playing a lot less and he's not playing. They have very, very limited chances for him to play backup center. Uh, he's playing almost exclusively power forward. It, like if you just look at his per 36 numbers, they're, they're relatively similar to last year in Cleveland, but he was playing 30 minutes a night. And now he's playing 19. So that's the big difference. He just hasn't had as many chances to do what he does really well, which is be a dribble handoff specialist. Um, they just haven't given him enough playmaking chances for my, for my money. I'd like to see him have more chances to do that. Um, he's good. He plays with energy. He's mostly a positive when he's, when he's been on the court. Uh, but he's just, they're not unleashing the Larry just yet. So is it, is it, a you know, he's not acclimated yet. Is it uh is it just a scheme situation? Is it a Chauncey Billups is like not vibing with what Larry does? Like what, what is the situation kind of like there? I think some of the problem is that uh, Cody Zeller has been good, 
Uh, so they are they have a backup center who's been playing really well, and it's hard to say, okay, the solution tonight is less Cody Zeller because he's been one of their most dependable players off the bench. So then it's like, okay, the math is now that you if you're going to play Yusuf Nurkic and you're going to play Cody Zeller, the spot for Nance is in that um, second unit. But then also with the second unit, they're trying to get backup point guard Anthony Simons to run the offense, and they're trying to make him into a point guard on come hell or high water. It's like a, um, it's we're now in year three of demanding that Anthony Simons become a backup point guard. So there's just the playmaking opportunities and all those things. They're the they're not there for for Nance, and so like the way he's going to be impactful right now is just be an energy guy and energy guy, whatever, capital E, you only get so many opportunities. You get to go try to get rebounds and make plays. And there's been some moments where he where he shows what he can do, but like the sort of carved out big, like high usage or even just like small usage minutes aren't really there for him. What has, and we live in a weird world with media availability. So like, it's not the same as like, you could go ask him in the locker room right now. I assume it's, right. it's like, you know, it's, it's zoom. It's if you're in person, it's like, it, it's very different for, for, it's not as easy to let's just say to go and like grab a guy. If you have like one question you want to ask him, if he's not made available for the reason, and obviously COVID protocols, et cetera. But has, if, and when Larry has spoken, has he said anything about like how things are going? Like how he feels like, have you heard from him very much about this so far? I have spoken to him one time okay. and this is a pretty, this is a, a nice little anecdote. He was trying to leave. The way they do it is like uh, the PR people like intercept the guys from locker room mm-hmm. to exit. Uh, and, the, and the vets know that there's an exit before that, that you can go out the back. But the new guys like Larry Nance, he doesn't know. He hasn't, he hasn't, doesn't know about that back hallway yet. So he, he made the mistake of having to do media. Um, and so he was actually literally, he said, I'm ordering Applebee's. I like I'm I got dinner coming. I gotta go. Larry. Um, he was ordering boneless boneless wings from Applebee's oh, uh God. in one of the great food cities in America. Um <laughs> but hey, what you know, you know, dependability. <laughs> look, dependability. Look, just consult your this is this is like half the reason. Get 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 in touch with like the beat reporters who are like on the younger side of things because like they will tell you where to go eat. They will be like, hey, yeah. like like oh, we'll get you if Naples. We'll get you like the the place where you can get good wings in Portland or like whatever you're in the mood for. Like we can direct you places. Um, Larry, I would have helped him, but this was yeah. our first interaction. So I mostly was just like, "Hey, what are you ordering?" I'm curious. So he's ordering Applebee's. He's he's on he's on his way home ordering dinner. Oh but God. he, you know, it was like he was like basically today it was after his his uh, quote unquote best game it was against Memphis Grizzlies last Wednesday, um, and he looked good in that game, no doubt about it. It was his most impactful game by far as a Blazer, and he said it basically like. I had to find a way to get some good old fashioned two point baskets because the way the offense worked, they're kind of like spreading, like running a spread pick and roll with Zeller as the screener a lot of the time or running dribble handoffs where you're spread out a little bit is that most of Nance's offense was coming as a spot up shooter. Um, And that's not his game. That's it's just not it's just like he's he's. He can shoot, but he's not a like he's not a stretchy spot up four. That's not where he's going to be best. So he was like in mm-hmm. that specific game, he was like, I was just trying to hunt twos, you know, cut back door, work the baseline, get some twos, get some dunks. And that was his best game by far. So I think really it's like, you know, six games in, he's just trying to figure out what where his offense is going to come from. I don't think he's frustrated. Um, he, he wears his emotions on his sleeve is one thing I like mm-hmm. about Larry. He'll yell at guys on defense, which I enjoy. Um, but I think he's still trying to, he's not mad or frustrated as much as he's just like, okay, this is an adjustment. I, wh- how do I be my best and he's still kind of figuring out that math well and it's also 
and you can test this better than anyone, but it, it's been a better, or I should say a slower start to the year for Portland. It has not been like gangbusters at the gate for them under Billups um, with, with everything going on with that team and everything. I mean, I mean, is, I'm sure that has some part in this too. It's just like, this isn't like an operation that is like hit the ground running and is succeeding in the way they, they probably hoped under a new coach with bringing back Dame and having all the other guys they've had for a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, he even said like, he was like, after that game, he was like, this is Chauncey's first gig. He's been an, he's been an NBA head coach for four games. He's like, I've worn this Jersey for four games. Like it's, it's early. And like, obviously I want it to be better, but we have to be, you know, real about what, what this is. And their, their defense has been ahead of their offense, which is really bizarre for this particular team. Um, I expected them to be one of, you know, the top five offenses in the league and one of maybe the bottom 10 defenses in the league. And they're a little, they've been a little bit worse on defense. They're like kind of middle on the road on both so far. Um, and I think the offense, they're just having a little bit of, they're tr- having trouble getting acclimated and Damon Lord is shooting bricks. And if yeah. he's, shoots bricks it doesn't the the rest of the wheels aren't going to be greased the same way so to just look at the team as a whole first as you mentioned first year chauncey some new pieces but dame is back cj's back nurk is back covington's back etc what has changed under billups and what has stayed the same so um the offense they're running a little more egalitarian before it was just matchup hunting they'd come down you call up the pick you get the matchup you want and let Damon CJ kind of cook that matchup and then you play off of that right like if you if you get the switch you get to you get to work it and if not you you kind of move the ball around now they're trying to move the ball around first put Damon CJ off the ball a lot more particularly Damian Lillard off the ball a lot more run a bunch of offense through Yusuf Nurkic as a facilitator and it's been mixed results um mostly the results have been Damian Lillard shooting under 24% from three-point range as the time we're recording this. Um, the offense is going to look better when one of the best players in the NBA makes threes. But that, there's some functional stuff with the offense that's different. On defense, they're just playing more aggressive. Um, higher out uh, on pick and rolls. They played almost exclusively drop coverage in the past five years. They're coming h- higher out on pick and rolls, which means they're more aggressive in their help defense. Sometimes it looks really good. Sometimes they look like a team learning a new defense. Um They've been pretty up and down. When they've been good, they've been spectacular. And when they've been bad, they've been awful. Um, so it's it's hard to know which team you'll yeah. get from night to night. Uh, but the inconsistency is, is uh, kind of checks out with like who this team has been and also new coach stuff and all that. Yeah. All right. So let's wrap up. One, Give me one sort of under the radar, maybe a nerdy basketball thing, maybe just like a thing you've noticed from these first couple games that if people want to like tune in on something kind of detailed on Wednesday night, what what should they look for? Uh, okay, two things. One, CJ McCollum was the leading shot blocker among players under six foot five heading into tonight's games. He is becoming a, a I don't know if good defensive player, but a a stat heavy defensive player. He's a young Dwayne Wade, um, former Cleveland Cavalier <laughs> great Dwayne Wade. Um, he's a young Dwayne Wade. He's thirty. Cavs look obviously never played. You know, did a, a, that very small stint in Miami was part of the three alphas, but obviously defined his legacy in the great city of as a Ohio. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's uh CJ McCollum is like a he, at 30 years old CJ McCollum is a 22-year-old Dwayne Wade, I think is how that works. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's something to watch. Um the other sort of uh basketball thing is that the the Blazers have um the Blazers are one of the leading offensive rebounding teams in the league um and the Cavs are gigantic. Um so 
if they can punish a gigantic team, they can be pretty good. But one of the problems with being a good offensive rebounding team and fancying yourself as that is the Blazers are a terrible transition team. So I think the balance between being an elite offensive team and getting those extra possessions versus giving up leak outs um, and giving up transition points is, is sort of the real balance for this Blazers, um, the, the new look Blazers under Chauncey Billups. Yeah, uh, I think this game will be kind of interesting. Uh, there's a lot to dive into with I think with frankly these two teams are both kind of weird they're both kind of funky I, I would expect a, a very large Larry Nance Jr. Um, tribute video just because like that's what we we do here even though like I was like going through like his Cavs legacy and it's not exactly like robust by any means like he was on one good team for half a year and then was like on some of the worst teams in the league so it's just a vibes thing but it's going to be fun uh, Dame is obviously just Damon person is just for me one of those guys that like you get the it's just even if he doesn't play well it's just kind of like there's something cool about seeing Dame and uh yeah I would be a little worried that the Dame breakout comes in Cleveland he's been he hasn't Ooh. had one of those he hasn't had one of those games where he's like oh this is one of the 10 best players in the NBA yeah um and I think the potential for that to happen against um my, my beloved sex land backcourt seems like it, it, it well, could have happened. Well, could gotta say the, the popcorn moment of this game for me will be anytime Evan Mobley switches onto Damian Lillard in space. Oh, and we yeah, just get absolutely. to see what that looks. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know. Like if Dame Dame is like among the craft, like he's so skilled. He's so good. He's going to like find ways to like navigate that. But Evan Mobley is just like seven feet of gangly arms and length. And he's really annoying. So like, I, I just that that to me like this game could be like just that for 48 minutes. And that to me, honestly, let's go. And yeah, be fine. It'd be fine. And Kevin, I'm Love looking forward to talking to Larry Nance and Kevin Love. Yeah. Talking Larry Nance will be Kevin Love asking about real estate in the greater Portland area. Um, <laughs> should should those rumors ever come to fruition? Yeah, just the the whispering post game is like, hey, like Larry, <laughs> a can I is there a spot? Can I get some minute? Maybe like, is there a spot for me? And B, like, don't don't need it. Applebee's my guy. I can I could have <laughs> I could have told you where to eat if you could have asked me. Yeah. You know me. Uh, but anyway, check out Mike uh, Unlocked on Blazer. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. Smash that subscribe button as we as we now say because we're kids and that's that's what we do. Just smash it. Yeah. But uh, we'll be back. Uh, Evan and I will be back with a full recap of Cavs Blazers here on Locked on Cavs. And everyone, be well.